right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cash back on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Hello and welcome to another edition of Nerdificent. I am one half of your host, Danny Fernandez, sitting across the virtual world from me. If you want way, holding it down, doing it big, all the above. Ooh, yeah. I can see you in your like 4K or whatever. Oh yeah, no, this is uh, 4K. I was just complaining to Joelle about this yesterday. I was shooting an audition and I, I actually have two Canon C100s right now. This one is technically the studio one for Super Punch, and the one over there is the one they got me for my house. I tried to shoot an audition, it knocked over, and I broke the LCD on a $3,000 camera. Uh, yeah, uh, so I'm very, I was very, I was, whew, if, if I, I'm, it was so good that I rewatched Akira after that, because I was in a space where I was so mad. And by the end of Akira, I was like, well, nothing matters. Nothing is real. Um, <laughs> our material possessions don't matter. All that matters is friendship and the ones we hold dear. Uh, but yeah, it, it's it, it's one of those things where it's like, I'll get it fixed, but we're in a time where we just can't go to a camera res- repair shop. Like if it was any other time, I just today I'd go to B&H, hand it to them and then pick it up when when it's ready. But now we're in a time where it's like, that camera's broken till, I don't know. <laughs> right, right. I still feel like you could do a drop off and just like put it on your to. doorstep or something. Yeah. Uh, and hope for the best. Yeah, this that's the one, it's so funny because I feel like this is the one time I really relate to you, Danny, because this, and that's the only thing I'm type A about is my electronics. Where it's like, I don't like, knowing that it's broken i need everything to be fixed so when i need to use it it's ready if it's if it's broken i don't care i don't care that i have this one and it's perfect for right now and streaming and that we're probably who knows when we're going to be in the studio i need the other one ready to go and i was so ready to do cooking streams whatever uh (laughs) (laughs) i've I've been talking too much i think we should introduce our guest uh oh man uh friend we've known each other for so long uh we we've who I think it's been fi- it's five years this month. Yeah, five years yeah. this month. 
holding it down. I mean, you may have you've that that voice you hear, you've heard everywhere. You've heard it in Final <laughs> Fantasy VII Remake. You've heard it in Sailor Moon. You've heard her on previous episodes. You yeah. heard, hear her in so many video games. You know, she is starting to become one of the staple VAs that you oh. hear in a game, and you're like, oh, oh, I know that voice. Uh, hey. It is none other than the Erica Ichi. How you doing? Hi, it's so good to get to chat with you all. Thank you yeah. so much for inviting me for this. And I get to talk about one of my very favorite things in the world, my aesthetic, my sort of cultural identity, <laughs> cyberpunk. Thank you. Oh, yeah. No, this is a solid anime because it changed how anime was viewed in America. It came out January yes, 1st yes. of 1988, uh, yeah. one, uh, just a, a month before I came into this world, a month before I started walking the earth. It's it's almost like this this was my red carpet, uh, my Who's red motorcycle see? to ride into this world. Uh, but yeah. Yeah, it, and it's, that, it's true. It was like in a, real, a real cultural ambassador for uh, all Japanese culture to the United States, which is, which is in some ways very terrifying. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, it, it's uh, 1988. But then also the manga had started releasing in 1982, yeah. six years prior. Um, and I don't know, like how how deep do we want to oh, get? We're going like, deep because I even want to talk about. Because I have, I have you know, so much to say. Because uh, like I read, I've read through all of the manga. I have it. Um, uh, and but that was a little while ago. I think most folks are familiar with the movie from 1988, but then mm -hmm. also everybody, whether they know it or not, is familiar with the cultural context it provided to cyberpunk, to sci-fi, oh, yeah. to like just the look of films since then. Oh, yeah, and a lot of animation, too. Like a lot mm. of other um, animated properties uh, yeah. pay tribute to it a ton. Yeah, on if, top if of... Seen yeah. I was going to say on top of people like Jordan Peele, Taika Waititi, um, you know, Steven Universe, like all those saying that it heavily influenced them. Uh, it, was, it was very interesting, too. Like if, if we just start for, from the influence of the manga, if you read through the manga, which is gorgeous, the line work is like there are some some line work because there um, here's. Ooh, uh, there's so much to, uh, to to talk influence wine, but first we'll talk about the line work that is just out of this world. And there's just some designs of the landscape and the cities where you can totally see how it may have influenced Toriyama once he gets to the Saiyan saga, because it's like it, it, it very much has that same line work, especially like the car design, uh, which I love Toriyama's design on cars. I love the short, stocky cars but even someone pointed out on twitter and then i went and uh checked and even though this person was like uh one of those like nerd historians so they were on it uh that akira when uh akira released uh the movie uh the f january 1st 1988 and september 7th of 1988 is when vegeta was introduced so uh so when you look at tetsuo the like short stocky always in someone's shadow, you know, big, big forehead, <laughs> a sh short king. And you look at Vegeta, you're like, oh, I could see, I could see how you can see that in action and be like, oh yeah, I'm a, it I think was, this person would be perfect to counter Goku. Yeah. Otomo was such an influence on the entire industry. And like uh, Toriyama, he did it almost all himself. Yes. And if you look at 
I just the he had released Domu before this, which mm-hmm. was uh, a, an award-winning comic. Again, sort of like touching on the themes of like psychic, like, yeah. you know, psychic powers, and it that's the one just with the little girl, right? Bonkers. Yeah, and it's it's so it's so bonkers, like the detailing in it, like every single window in the building, and it was just him. Although, fun trivia fact. Um, one of the he did get assistance mm-hmm. um, for some of the line work and some of and some of the I think for the Marvel editions for uh, from Satoshi Kon, who is a legendary anime director. He did oh, nice. Godfathers and Perfect Blue and a Millennium Actress. And so it's so cool when you're like, oh, these like cool celebrities yeah. worked with each other. I want to touch on the plot, but I want to touch on something fun about the plot and what something Otomo himself said, which if you get the Akira 25th anniversary edition, you get to have this interview when he was interviewed right after the movie about Akira. And it's it's very interesting because this movie that is so influential, the base of his story of of Akira is uh, based off of Tetsujin 28. Which, uh, if you don't remember, everyone remembers Astro Boy, but Tetsujin 28 is about this little boy who controls this uh, giant robot numbered 28. I actually have, like, a figure that's, like, based off of him. But uh, uh, he was saying, like, he he was asked to do a sci-fi story, a serial, because he did, uh, like, short stories for uh, a magazine called Weekly Young which is like Shonen Jump, but for older men. It's it's a target audience where 20 to 50 year olds. So Shonen Jump is usually for young boys. And um, and and I say targeted. Anyone can read it, but that's that's their target. And uh, he would do Weekly Young and they asked him to do a serial and he did a lot of sci fi stuff. So he said when he was thinking of you know, ideas, he said, he said he wanted to, uh, he was really inspired by Astro Boy, Tetsu, uh, Tetsujin 28. And so he, uh, did, he wanted to base it, which is why Kaneda shares the same name as the little boy in Tetsujin, uh, 28. Like that's the exact same name. Um, and yeah, yeah. And that's why Akira is number 28. Uh, and oh, it, right, right, right. Yeah. yeah. So, so, so that, so his, this influential work was already influenced by something. And it, and it kind of stops there because Tetsujin 28 is kind of more of a shonen, fun, right. friendly. Yeah, well, he also, you know, he also cited one of my favorite comic artists, uh, Mobius, mm-hmm. uh, Jean Giraud, like oh, yeah. the French, he did French sci fi. Um, I think people might be familiar with Valerian, was based off of one of his comics. And it's just, is beautiful, detailed sci-fi landscapes, and and you can definitely see it in the work. And then also, uh, Sogo Ishii, no relation to my knowledge. Uh, <laughs> the there's these punk films. You know, the idea of the we think of cyberpunk and we and dystopia, and we think of like the kid motorcycle gangs, yeah. and that comes not just from definitely from Akira, but there were punk films before it. Sort of like talking about the Bosuzoku culture, which is sort of like the youth bicycle gangs in japan and there were these punk films that sogo ishii did was like panic high school and crazy thunder road from the 70s and 80s that um otomo definitely cites as his influence and so it's it's so cool to see all of the things you know all these seminal works that are sort of homages to other previous seminal works yeah and yeah and we can get into too like the specific, very specific influences that Akira had on 
Western culture and movie making and sci-fi and cyberpunk. Um, I actually, and I'm curious, and I'm sure your listeners might be able to weigh in on this, and I don't know if you guys know about this, but because 1982 was when the manga started releasing, which means he was like working on it for a long time before that. But also in the same 1982 was when Blade Runner came out. Mm-hmm. And there's always argument about which influence, <laughs> but I don't understand how either could have influenced each other. I think, and yeah. I've seen sources that say like he said he was influenced by Blade Runner, like maybe he saw that. But Erica, year, I feel but... like they could e- they could have all been influenced by something going on like at that time, yeah. because yeah. that's how when if he brought up Akira Toriyama, well Akira Toriyama actually started Doctor Slump in 1980. Yes, mm-hmm. so oh, and he was drawing those cars and stuff back then. So I mm-hmm. think that they were all kind of similarly influenced by media, by manga that was coming out at that time. So I think they kind of give and take from each other. It's kind of like nowadays when you have two movies that come out that are are semi-similar. Yeah. And mm. even though you know that they didn't copy from each other, it was just like clearly something sparked in them this idea yeah. by seeing some of, of the news or things that were going on or even... Um, uh, some of the movies that were coming out about uh, time travel or just like they, the futuristic uh, mm-hmm. look. I even think of that when I look at uh, uh, not the Incredibles, but essentially the 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 mesh between mid-century modern and futuristic type of like yeah. Jetsons type yeah. of stuff, like the Jetsons. And so, um, yeah, I, I don't uh, to answer your question. I mean, and maybe people can weigh in, but I I don't necessarily know if they one influenced the other as much as they might have been watching some of the same media that then spun off into their heads. Right. And I have, okay. So uh, cyberpunk is my thing. I've done just so much consumption of it and research into it. And I think a lot about it. Um, One reason is because uh, I am Asian American. I'm Chinese, Japanese. uh, And it's cyberpunk was the one place that I one type of genre I saw growing up that was this mix of Western and Eastern. So the idea of sort of all the sort of Eastern aesthetic and and a lot of themes sort of couched in Western terms. And now it's a little... There's problems with it, you know? Go ahead and say it. It's a little... yeah, it's it's the idea sort of like all this sort of Asian aesthetic and sort of like Asian culture and like there's there's why are there so many Japanese signs around if there are no Japanese people in your yeah, cast? There it like is. if I see if I hear your cast speaking Chinese, there damn well better be a Chinese person in it. Um, and, and so now I, I'm seeing a lot more uh, representation in that, like just cultural in general, which is good. But like, yeah, it's it's and so it's interesting. I think one thing that. Definitely Blade Runner. You saw a lot of uh, sci-fi and cyberpunk in the 80s that because Japan was the world leader in technology at the time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you mm-hmm. see this in Akira, too. And that, I think, gave the West a lot of anxiety. Um, the idea that in the future, there'd be this dystopian future in which Japan ran any everything and America was no longer this world power. Um, so that's why there's the giant geisha on the billboards in in Blade Runner because suddenly the the standard of beauty is this Asian femininity as opposed to, you know, blondes. And that was like supposed to be a little dystopian and scary to people or the idea of 
Yeah, you know, like uh, Marty McFly's boss uh, is is this Japanese businessman. You know, you see a lot yeah. of sort of like Jap or and like not the Nakatomi. You know, yes, like I this, was just about the, to say that. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So you see it sort of in the as the backdrop in a lot of films and and media in the eighties and the West. But in Akira, like I have this huge right when they were saying, I don't know, it was maybe like. 10 years ago almost now, they were going to adapt Akira for the screens, but they were going to set it in Manhattan. And I was like, let me tell you why Akira is so uniquely Japanese a story. Um, There's so many themes that it, like a lot of Japan's sci-fi, it comes from anxieties about the bomb. Like, and it's always so called out. You know, it it is like Japan reconciling with youth culture, Japan reconciling with, you know, sort of the the tech boom. And uh, like most other things, the Americans actually make an appearance in it. It's not in the film, but in the manga, the American Navy is waiting outside of the harbor in Tokyo and they carpet bomb the city because they have this anxiety. They're like, oh, we're afraid of the growing power of these Japanese children. It's better to take them all out than to allow it to be a threat to the world. Um, and like, that's, you know, sort of honest. I don't know. I'm, yeah. No, I want to, I, I want to talk about this. Yeah. Yeah. I want to talk about that, yeah. but I, uh, I will go into the synopsis of the story. Yeah. We should explain what we're talking about. about. Yeah. The movie, because there, there is a lot of that. And I want to get into the changes between the manga and the movie, because there are a lot, uh, Ooh, yes. all of it is very, uh, interesting. But first, if you, if you've never seen Akita, Here's how it goes down, uh, the movie, at least. And then we'll go even further detail when we talk about the difference. Because it's like they take a lot of the, you know, components of the manga and just compress them. Yeah, yeah not to uh, not to make all of our weebs uh, listening angry, but I, I think it's safe to say most people have seen the movie because the movie is way easier to digest. Uh, the manga series, which in its first volume is 300 pages and... And Otomo's wordy. Otomo is dropping. It isn't like a easy, you know, read where you're just going through. He's like explaining and laying out delicious exposition. And I think it's worth reading if you haven't. It is uh, pricey. I have all six not, uh, uh, volumes now, and they're about twenty bucks each. Uh, so if you do that math, you're you're it's an investment. Uh, but Amazon. They are shipping them right now. You know, they don't delay the shipping on the. Or, or there's a lot of there's a lot of independent bookstores that you should definitely Ooh, check. Out. I mean, like definitely that here if you're in L.A. and still shipping. Yeah. And yeah, I, I, always that over it. Always, yeah, I haven't always. been able like all of my spots like I was trying to support uh, just a, a quick quarantine corner. Uh, Joy, which is one of my favorite restaurants out here. It's a Taiwanese uh, restaurant. They uh, shut their uh, doors just they said we'll be back after but we want to protect our employees so i was like cool right, so yeah. i've been like ordering from donut friend i've been trying to order at the local spots right same, um, same. and uh, this is my personal curse on any and all the meatheads uh who have been hoarding weights plates and then trying <gasps> to flip them online i oh, hope that you get a charlie horse while trying to hit a pr <laughs> you deserve it you deserve it you sni- sniveling snake uh but I hope you plateau. I hope you plateau and yeah. and just don't understand what's yeah. going on. Seriously, it was so hard to get a pull-up bar, you don't even know. <laughs> uh, but so Akira opens and uh, this gang uh, led by Kanira, the heroics, 
are uh, seem to be chasing down a rival gang called the clowns and they get into it it gets uh, spicy and we see uh, Tetsuo and Kaneda have like a you know little brother older brother back and forth oftentimes and uh, and so Tetsuo speeds ahead of them to catch this last clown guy catches him doinks him on the head uh and then there's a creepy old baby uh intercut with this scene is a man who was shot with a creepy old baby kind of walking through the city streets escaping uh uh, escaping being chased by um you know these dogs which are like canines and something that blew me away is like you don't see this in movies he pops those dogs uh both of them and and it's 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 interesting which uh within like this this is why i love being a storyteller this is why i like a creator because it's interesting because it's an introduction to like this like being like yeah this is an animated movie but we're not pulling punches like this is oh, one yeah. of the first uh, content scenes. content warning it is yeah. very bloody there's a yeah. lot of body horror a oh, yeah. little a little bit of you know sexual violence oh yeah that never gets to this is like, content warning pro- I was going to say this is one of the most graphic animated movies I've ever seen in my life. Oh, yeah. It was <laughs> yeah, so like wild. Rewatching it, especially like unedited. I don't know if I remember watching it when I was younger, when it was edited. I don't know. <laughs> oh, no. Probably. But, Did you um, watch this when you were little? Well, yeah. I mean, I would illegally, like most anime people watch things illegally. Um, but I don't know if I got like bits and pieces of it. So I don't remember. Yeah. Or maybe I just blacked out i don't know yeah you know like covered my or like just didn't fast forwarded through these parts but yeah yeah sorry i didn't mean to cut everyone off oh no No, absolutely it's It's bloody yeah but within that scene you see like the bystander children in horror so it's all it's acknowledging that this is a like a, a horrible thing but like also being like yo this is this movie is about to go off so anyway the man who's trying to help this uh little creepy man escape uh is uh gets shot up by the by the authorities and the kid seems to disappear uh and on looking we see ryu and k uh who we don't know their names at this time but they see the kid disappear now we we're back to this race uh tetsuo's gonna doink this guy in the head doinks him goes ahead sees the same creepy kid who was on the other side of town and he collides with him and there's a big explosion Tetsuo's hurt uh and and then the government authorities come and not only do they uh get to there's a second creepy baby who comes who helps capture the first creepy baby and uh they also um (laughs) they also carry out uh Tetsuo with them and then they get uh arrested and uh in that time also in the scene there's a moment where the kid when um when I I always forget the name of the the babies, but the first baby, uh, Takashi, maybe? Takahashi, yes, Takahashi. I, I think Takashi, I remember Takashi, be, Takashi, t- Takashi, Takashi, because I remember being like, oh, there's no way Takashi six nine got his name from this. Uh, but Takashi sees uh, the handler get killed, and he like makes an earthquake happen that causes this water tower to fall and that's actually a nod to uh in the manga when takashi first interacts with uh kaneda and his gang the second time uh he makes that same water tower that's designed in the movie fall in the manga uh but then we flat fast forward they're in the they're 
caught by the authorities. The authorities are like, these guys have nothing to do. They weren't trying to get this baby. Uh, and they get, uh, and Kaneda sees uh, Kay and was like, ooh, she fine. I'm gonna help her get out. Helps her get out. And they all kind of leave together. He's trying to do this weird uh, sexist, I saved you so you owe me some buns uh, type of thing. And she, and she, and she was like, thanks, no thanks, I'm out. And she rolls out and then Kaneda leaves with his group. Uh, And this is in the, in essentially this is the event that leads towards the kind of uh, big event of the movie. Tetsuo interacting with uh takashi they discover that his brain patterns are are something they've never seen before um very different than why his brain patterns were different in the manga but uh in the movie it's it's through interacting and they they figure he might become a strong esper a psychic like uh this famed Akira that they keep mentioning and you hear it feels like Akira's talking to uh, Tetsuo in his head and he's kind of kind of uh, getting jittery Uh, so this progresses the story down uh, these multiple storylines where we follow Tetsuo in his interaction with um, the government and then we follow Kaneda who is trying to uh, figure out what's going on with Tetsuo because he's like he's comes back he leaves he, he and then when he comes back and leaves, he has this like he, he kind of freaks out because uh, and he kind of yells because uh, he yells at Kaneda because he feels like Kaneda always feels like he has to save him. So he gets captured by the government again. And then we're following uh, K Ryu and their like benefactor who seems to be this uh, movement who know about Akira and they're trying to expose it. And uh, those were resistance movement. And then they are they are they have a mole inside this sort of uh, government council who is the opposition leader and who's trying to leverage them. Yeah. And help them and help them like um, kind of blow this Akira thing out the water. And eventually this all leads down the road to probably the thing everyone remembers, which is the event in which Tetsuo is in the. In the what would be the stadium for the Olympics at the time of oh, the movie. Okay, yeah. By the way, twenty twenty yeah. Olympics in Tokyo, like yeah. that is you know, and then except this disaster befalls, and so they're mm-hmm. not sure they might have to cancel it and everything, which is ooh boy. Yeah, I know, right? Yikes. I think it is canceled. <laughs> it is. It yeah. is. Yeah, and it's just like oh, I hate. I, I oh, it's so this. That's so scary that they that they did that i don't know oh it's so it's so spooky and my man's goku was a mascot i know i know it would have been i was there in february and they were so excited about it and you know they uh, you know i mean japan is tokyo is it's so beautiful um but although i saw somebody posted because i was looking up akira um like the hashtag on Instagram. And I guess it came out in theaters recently. Like you could see it again in theaters. Yeah. Um, And somebody posted a picture of their ticket. And I was like, when was this? And it was April 4th. And I was like, what? (laughs) I I don't know if it was in Japan. They might've been, they might've been quarantined differently than us. Yeah. Oh yeah. Japan was not, they did not quarantine until a lot later. Partial. Yeah. Some people think it might be because of the Olympics. Um, yeah, gotta, anyway, so this is all taking a place uh, uh, against the backdrop of preparations for the 2020 yeah. Olympics in Japan, which is wild. 
Um, yeah, and what eventually happens is that the psychic energy that his body is producing um, after a string of events where Tetsuo just kind of goes off and he starts lashing out against the government and there's like these like um, what, what's the word I'm looking for like the end of times folk who have been claiming Akira. Uh, uh, there's fo- yeah a doomsday cult there's a doomsday, doomsday cult. cult about Akira and there that's the word I was looking for and they're yeah, and following you just see them in the background which again we'll get to this later but they play a huge role in they're not even named like this character you see isn't even yeah. named in the movie but plays a huge role in the manga and that's what was interesting you know reading the manga after watching it is you can tell that uh because Otomo he was talking about it in the interview that it was so hard to fit all of that into oh, yeah, a movie to, and he such, knew and he, and he and he showed like his notebook of where he was like okay this is what we can fit this is what we can't and oh, so right. i think it, it was a very smart to like be like okay i'm gonna give these nods for people who have read right. it so they'll right. they'll know so but it's, the it's story really itself well is cohesive done how mm-hmm. you see it's a lot of it is added to sort of the backdrop. So, you know, the political mm-hmm. machinations and the, the sort of doomsday cult and the civil unrest and all of that that actually plays a bigger role in the manga is framed as just a backdrop in yeah. the anime. And I think it works really well. But yeah, yeah it, it's it, yeah. yeah, it's one of it is one of those things rewatching it where I totally a thousand percent agree uh, with why we uh, we you can't just remake it you can't set it in new york if you do and uh, we're gonna get into the final kind of chapter of the movie and then start our open discussion about the comparison yes. right after these messages like many of us you might think identity theft will never happen to you but consider this there's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the u.s That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats, even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash iHeart. That's LifeLock.com slash iHeart to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit RightRug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of. A degree that employers will trust and respect. 
Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Hey everyone, welcome back to Nerdificent. It's your boy, Ify Wadiwe, in the virtual stew with Danny Fernandez, Erica Ichi, and we're talking about Akira. And before we were setting up kind of like the first uh, two-ish acts of the movie, and the final act is probably, I think, one of the most memorable because... There's something very poetic, and uh, movies do this. I think uh, we've seen this done in a lot of like of uh, the Marvel movies and all this. But like, I love when you kind of set a stage for a final scene, and it's a stage that's kind of been hinted at this this Olympic arena, Olympic arena, and you, and in this Olympic arena, there's this like almost throne there, and what happened was, and this isn't as clear in the movie as it is in the book, but the government planned on having a secret base under where the Olympics were being planned. And that's where Akira was being held. So Tetsuo ends up going there because he wants to face Akira. He he's hearing about this guy. He wants to face it. He finds out that Akira isn't a person. It's a collection of his body parts from when they stopped him. And then one of the coolest scenes happens, which is they use this weapon called the soul to shoot down on uh, Tetsuo and it takes solar his solar beam yeah. satellite. Yeah, it it, it 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 was. It's because it's beautiful because there's this moment. Uh, Canada's gun runs out of battery. They're kind of facing each other, and then you just see this blue light surround Tetsuo, and you just see his skin start to like flare up, and then they shoot it down. But it isn't enough to take uh take him out. It was, oh man, this from this movie it just goes full throttle. Um. And uh, and there's just like Kaneda is able to re- retreat, try and recharge his batteries. And in this time, Tetsuo creates a metal arm. He creates a metal arm th- from the rubble. And now he's inside the stadium sitting in the uh, street. His girlfriend from before comes to him to Howdy. kind of consult with him. But at this point, Tetsuo is mad with power, not really making any sense. Um, it <clears throat> sorry not really making any sense and and now it's it's the the final stage because now his body and we find out why he's had so much headaches but his power is so much that his body can't contain the uh, how much his uh power is growing and that's when we get into one of the often thought about often referenced to akira body horror scenes where his body just starts to mutate Ugh. It's it, it it just it really that from that I think that sequence from when his body starts to mutate until the end of it to me it it like moves like a Ari Aster horror because there is no real the the only suspense isn't the is Tetsuo gonna kill this person is it, it's like oh my gosh what like 
how can he contain this? And he, his body's growing. He's crying out for Canada. He just totally flips. He like, he, it's almost like he reverted back to his old self because there is a change. The moment he starts to have power, he starts to be really cocky. And, and now he's like begging for help from Canada. And he's he's like, yeah. Yeah. And he's like, and then they like, and the body is morphing into this giant grotesque baby. And he like, is he crushes his girlfriend and Kaneda like gets out at the last second and eventually the creepy babies all work together and they they um because Kaneda was too close to what because they bring back Akira first so Akira comes back and and they're like yo hey we they straight up this is they straight up pulled a Dragon Ball Z where they're like hey we prayed to your body parts brought you back because we need you to fight this big big thing and akira's like bet and then so akira creates this um what seems like well how would you describe it erica because i i'm still how would you describe that like light explosion i i mean and i mean light in the sense of like the the well the the way it looks and not like it's not a light atomic explosion you know it's it's supposedly and in the beginning um in 19 1978 or something i think uh supposedly akira caused world war three and set off this giant explosion this sort of atomic blast that kicked off world war three and now this was sort of another like sort of the follow-up to that i think that's the one you're talking about the big sort of yeah, the um, growing and, yeah. explosion that of light, and then they, giant they, explosion, and they reference it as being like the beginning of the universe, and there's yeah. like it gets very philosophical at the end. Like it really, and that's what I love is a movie that has me just kind of trying to pick away at like, okay, what does because when they're like, what happened to uh, Tetsuo, and like uh, Kaneda's like, I don't know. But I think we'll see him again. Like he says, you know, he says. Right. Yeah. And, and that. It's, left, it's all left very sort of ambiguous, which is really interesting. And it wor- works very well for the movie. Because in the manga, is it, it's more clear. In the right? manga, there is a definite ending. And I don't know. Again, spoiler alert for anybody who wants to still read. I would highly recommend reading it. Yeah. But in the in the manga at the end, it's a very definitive that uh, all of the espers, the like the psychic kids, the the babies that the psychic babies that if he was talking about, and Akira and Tetsuo all ascend to a higher plane of existence, and they'd sort of been hinting at this throughout the entire manga. Is that this is sort of the natural evolution of humans? Of it's it, it's a very classic cyberpunk theme of uh, transhumanism, yeah. and so they ascend to a higher plane. In some ways, sort of Tetsuo's at peace. Um, then the UN comes in and provides aid to just like in post-World War II, the, you know, the sort of United Nations or the nations come in and, um, provide aid to Japan, uh, Canada and K and the rest of the resistance fighters establish like, so that I forget what they call it, but, um, it's this new order, order, like the kingdom of new kingdom of Japan, essentially, and declare independence, um, and they warn the United Nations, um, hey, we still have our friends, the the psychic friends that we had, the, the ones that destroyed a ton of stuff. Like, we still have them in our hearts. So watch out. Um, we're independent now. And then you see sort of at the end, 
like also the Joker biker gang at some point like starts helping. They they have joined up with the revolutionaries yeah. and everybody sort of unites at the end. And um, they start a new world order with this sort of bike gang that's built peace, a peaceful society. And so there's a very definite happy ending to this. Yeah. I know that's um, that's what's so interesting, uh, not to cut you off, but yeah. I really want us to really uh, talk about because this is this movie is so interesting and beautifully political because like we were talking about the initial Akira explosion, Akira explosion, which is very much the fault of the Japanese government because they were doing these experiments. Yeah, they were experimenting spawned into on this Akira, world yeah. war, which assumes that they kind of didn't take ownership of it and allowed it to become this huge thing. And I think that's a take. And then on top of the take with the manga of that, that's a very important thing because it's something I think that, that like I, when it's brought up, I never like how it's brought up because usually it's brought up by, a, um, I'm gonna just flat out say it, a white person. <laughs> and it's usually brought up in an insulting way, but yeah, after world war two, uh, the U.S. Uh, like invaded Japan and like for, uh, didn't allow them to have a military yes. and kind of like just kind of like forced themselves onto that country. And I feel like that ending in the manga is a response to that. That's that's I f- feel like Otomo giving his thoughts about that of being like, yeah, you can help us. There, there was a lot of sort of aid that came into Japan afterwards, you know, a lot of help with rebuilding. But definitely, you know, Japan was demilitarized and, you know, they weren't allowed to have an army. They, they you know, they lost the war in such a devastating, huge way. I mean, you know, the bombs, when the bombs were dropped, that can you even I, we, we cannot comprehend what that was, you know, like right now living in this time. Like, it is so much bigger than anybody thinks of now. Like, for even from just like a, I remember in physics, we learned about, you know, just really the devastating effects of a yeah. nuclear blast and, and like how huge it was. And it really, it just devastated Japan. And there was, it's in every, all of their media since then, you know, in, in so many ways, a lot of media like Astro Boy and, and you know, just so much came from that the bomb and and this oh, yeah. is no exception and yeah it, it, there was definitely a political statement there like and I, I i don't know like it's it's been a while since i've read all the manga but i just remember the idea of the the american navy sitting offshore which also actually mirrors what happened when they first forced japan out of isolationism in the 1800s admiral perry and his navy uh, sat offshore and was like, hey, you're going to open up trade with us. Otherwise, we will bomb the hell out of you. Um, and so it's it's sort of an I imagine would be a nod to that. And I it's so it's uh, there's all of these an- anxieties in it and themes in it that are very tied up in the history of Japan. Yeah. And I want to talk about that because it's something that's always bugged me. Maybe it's it's and I, I've said a statement like this uh, before in, in I think I think I said this on Who Shot and Not Nerdificent about, you know, um, when 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 you are, you know, taking in a media from a country, you, you essentially in short, if you're taking in media from a country, if you're obsessing over, it, you should also uh, know what's going on there. And you should also like want to support it. And it's always bugged me this idea, because when you think about the end of uh, world, world war two and one, the fact that, uh, 
the the bombs were chosen to drop on Japan. Obviously, just the the bitterness uh, about uh, you know Pearl Harbor or whatever. But even then, to choose to only do it in Japan and to choose to demilitarize Japan, like you you didn't you didn't have those sanctions put on anyone else. Uh, you, and then for it to still be technically upholded, there's like. There's like the article has not been amended yet. There's been uh, I was just looking it up to make sure, but like um, they they didn't amend the Constitution itself, but they uh, they gave more powers to the Japan Self-Defense Force. But I, I, that article needs to just be gone like that. I, like, like, yeah. why are we uh, like, you know, it just I don't know. I just have this this weird moral sense of things of just like uh like even though i know the world isn't fair it's just like there's just clear basic things that i think like it it should be like okay enough time has passed we're we're good because we weren't only japan wasn't the only country we went up against and we've only chose one to demilitarize yeah well you know i mean it's interesting because out of that post-world war ii demilitarization Demilitarization, you know, it can be argued that Japan became a world leader um, in tech, especially in the 80s, because a lot of their, uh, you know, they literally melted down their their guns into plowshares. You know, a lot of the scrap metal from their military operations, from from their weaponry went directly into uh, tech manufacture um, and toy making. And so. You know, it, in the 80s, it was a world power, and that led to a lot of sort of economic anxiety in the West. A lot of people, like, Japanese was being taught as the language of, you know, business in all the business schools. Um, and, you know, that's definitely in the background in Akira, like, in terms of cultural context. You know, it's because you can always, you can always view media on certain levels and you know on a surface level this is about psychic kids and but you know also you see in the background you know the 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 unrest against the the current political uh powers in well we've brought this up before as far as um whenever people which we get often tweet at us and say like um keep politics out of it like stop bringing (laughs) politics into it and it's like um i always bring up that Marvel and DC, our Western American comic books, have covered every single war since their inception. Yeah. Has been a part of influenced the writers and uh with the storylines of these characters. So yeah. it's it's fascinating to me that you would want and again, it's kind of like what we were talking about is like what influenced what? Well, a lot of these artists are all looking at the same events at the same time. They're seeing the same yeah. news stories and, and you know, seeing the government uh, knocking down, you know, people's doors and, and um, people being pulled out of their home, like things like that. And it's like, well, this is going to create kind of like in what we are in now, but hopefully we don't get 20 billion shows about coronavirus, but uh, <laughs> really don't need that. Just like I didn't and didn't get didn't need don't need 20 shows about 9-11 i don't need 20 shows about coronavirus but um however i think that it can still affect and influence uh what horrors come out you know the idea of isolation the idea of of, you know digital the rise of digital uh, technology like the change in the workforce yeah there's just going to be all these themes that i know will make it into things and that's 
That's how it is. I mean, yeah, yeah. To, to your point, Danny, about Marvel and DC, it's just like, it's absurd to think like that, you know, every major superhero in all of the teams has has been illustrated punching Hitler. Like, yeah, it's absurd, you know, and uh, X-Men is supposed to be an allegory for the civil rights movement. And oh, yeah, it's straight just up. impossible for, you know, we don't create art in a vacuum. Yeah, no, that's what I was going to say. Before I go on, though, I do need to clarify that Germany was demilitarized, too. Uh, While they were occupying Germany, they were demilitarized. Right, yeah. So just want to clear that up before someone starts to (laughs) say some stuff. (laughs) Um, It it is funny, the sort of different treatments that that, we, we did. I don't know. There's there's a lot about that, you know, like oh, yeah. only one group of American citizens of cultural heritage was was really interned in on mass yeah. in the U.S. And yeah, it's Akira is so it's so rife with all these incredible, interesting themes. And for a while and we see it in a lot of Japanese media, um, the idea of the old struggling with the new, the, the fear of youth culture in oh, yeah. Battle Royale, in mm-hmm. the idea of like the sort of creepy ring girl or like why for a while we were seeing so many horror films that featured children. Children of Japan. the corn. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess that too, but definitely specifically in Japan, you know, ah. there's the idea of youth culture that we're rejecting cultural norms. And, you know, the, there's the Bosuzoku gangs, which is the sort of um, the bicycle, the the bike gangs in Japan and, and the uh, uh, the the Sukeban. Oh, my gosh. If you don't know about Sukeban, it's the sort of girl the the schoolgirl gangs yeah and they'd have all the schoolgirl uniforms but they'd like mod them out and like put patches on them and oh, you know so that sort of and ended up turning into sort of the gogo yubari style a teen girl assassin trope uh but in in akira and this is my read on it and I, i'm sure that there are there are you know academic studies about this the idea of the children being the ones to inherit this these powers that the uh, next evolution of humanity and the dis- the destruction they cause with them is is definitely points to sort of a fear of youth culture and you and the next generation and that's not unique to Japan you know we're always these kids and their TikToks and their you know well I wanted toast. to say what um, spilling over into Western culture uh stranger things the duffer brothers mm-hmm. uh made 11 who is a child who escapes from a government facility mm-hmm. and learns that mm-hmm. she possesses spiritual na- spiritual natural powers said that uh the influence of this movie was quote obviously a big one on them yeah. um yeah. ryan johnson also said he was influenced um when he made looper which features yes. a child who's able to kill his would-be assassin using only his mind so like you were saying it clearly and then obviously Kanye West um, stronger had multiple shot for shot remakes of key scenes from from the film. Um, but that's just some of the people, some of the art, the Western artists that have been heavily influenced 
Oh yeah, I mean it's it beyond Western art. I mean it influenced the acceptance of anime because this was the first time you kind of seen an anime that took on adult themes in the way, and they didn't even get as adult as they got in the manga. In the manga, Kaneda did drugs, Kaneda was smashing, Kaneda got someone pregnant, and it's and it's very interesting because that that may not seem extreme now, but definitely in Japan, I think another good way to kind of like uh, I've been watching a lot of Gintama, which is a uh, I think the best way I've heard it described so far is like if it's always sunny meets anime. It's a very like cultural <laughs> references, very like, but it still has like they're still wholesome. Like they're 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 the worst until someone they feel needs to be protected is protected. But there's so many direct cultural references, and it's also interesting to see just how like how they still uphold like you know of if a woman sleeps with a man before she's married it's still such a taboo thing and and that's a running joke that they have because something they showed throughout the movie that was kind of like a oh this world's going to to blank is like they they always had shots of people like making out and feeling each other up in the background and that was like such, supposed to be such a like oh my gosh taboo thing when that's just if uh, a night at tenants of the trees uh, <laughs> uh that's right. a local uh, la bar reference um, physical physical yeah. affection is not very public it, yeah it's very it is still taboo <laughs> you know how i love talking about people filling each other up yeah. um which we will get into more <laughs> <laughs> after these messages oh my gosh Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles, ready for next day installation, and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do, too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. And we are back. Who was talking about filling up? I do think that that's really funny, Ify, that that is... uh... That's how we show that everything is going to hell. Is yeah. people like making out and whatnot? 
wild. Um, it's it's it is it is really interesting because it you know as we were talking about like to just just briefly touch on a couple of things that that didn't make it into the film that were in the manga were were yeah like the sort of storyline with Kay and the revolutionaries and uh, Lady Miyako who is the leader of the Doomsday Cult. Um, you see her very briefly in the movie, but there's a whole storyline with her in the manga. Um, you know, just themes of, you know, what was interesting and all all sci-fi um, and uh, cyberpunk is um, retrofuturistic because it reflects the aesthetic and the anxieties and the themes that are popular at a given time that will eventually go out of fashion. And sometimes it gets things right for the future. Uh, sometimes it's way off because that was just what was important to people at this given period of time. And Akira, I think, is such an enduring, has such an enduring legacy um, because the, there were these themes that just really resonated with people. And, and the, a lot of those made it into the film and into Western culture and pop culture from then on. You know, the idea of the, the child motorcycle gangs in this dystopian landscape, uh, civil unrest, you know, versus corrupt governments. Danny mentioned some very specific examples of, uh, you know, things that you know, I didn't need. I didn't. I was like, oh, of course, that makes sense. That That's that. But, but even the very famous motorcycle slide, like every time yeah. I see it, I was specifically yes. thinking of, um, I know Steven oh, yeah. Universe, Rebecca Sugar, they like actively said that they put it in there. But also um, Lilo and Stitch. Do you remember yes. when, yeah, do you remember yeah. when she was trying to, Stitch was trying to get off the island and kept mm -hmm. like, like, it's just such an iconic, uh, I'm sure it's like step one in animation school <laughs> or maybe Matt, when you get your master's step two. Yeah. yeah I was going to say it's pretty hard. Maybe I said, maybe like when you get your master's, then it's, uh, that's the first step is, uh, learning that animation style, but and um, you do the bouncing ball exercise and then you do the Akira motorcycle slide. I can yes. guarantee you've seen it. And there's this great, there's a couple of great gifts that compile all of the really popular ones. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Just the, the look of it. And, and, you know, as I said, sort of Blade Runner happened concurrently, but Akira is for sure that city landscape, that dystopian cyberpunk landscape is so influential. And in terms of fashion, that's like, it's definitely hot right now. The, the sort of the red leather jacket. Yeah. Oh, oh, in a Godzilla, uh, what's his face? Uh, John C. Riley's jacket. It has the, yeah. pill, he has the pill jacket. It says like, uh, for good, in, for good health. Uh, yeah. on it and just yeah i it definitely influenced my aesthetic with this sort of bold leather, oh yeah like the i mean red's my favorite color i love it i've always been a fan of motorcycles it was super <laughs> dope but also i one thing i like about uh the motorcycle is we off we we were talking about how it's this you know the 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 time that this movie came out you know, there's this like fear of how fast, you know, Japan is developing their technology. The bike itself is a flex. Canon is a Japanese yeah, company. Yeah, yeah. Citizen is a Japanese watchmaker show. Like it, it's, it's not only this dope bike, but it has stickers from these prominent Japanese companies that are still around and kicking till this uh. day. So, so like, and I just feel that because like, it's 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 there's so many like layers to it because I feel like that is what it's like being you know 
a part of a culture which you 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 can make a criticism of it but you also want to make a point to be like this isn't an invitation to, to like look down on us this is just to let you know that while we have our problems we still out here and, and it's and that's one thing i love about the the bike and it's probably why i put stickers on everything so much uh because i i just love it but also, yeah, and the same. This movie was real bad for me because I already my post-teen purchase that some people are either vehemently against or vehemently for is a motorcycle, and this was the worst movie to watch. Wait, because what? Just, you got a motorcycle? Well, what not you? yet. I, oh, I was, I was contemplating it. it. I asked. God. I asked Instagram, should I get a motorcycle? And so many people. I had so many messages. Uh, my favorite has been multiple people being like, "You have a daughter." I was like, "And I have a <laughs> car to drive her around uh. when I have her." And I have my no. I think they mean that your odds of not. Anyways, I'm not yeah. going to say. My yeah. mom no, would be true. very disappointed in you. <laughs> oh yeah, true. no. I, I, I have. This isn't the. Every if once in a while, I think about it, and it's Akira's fault mostly. Yeah. Like I, because like I think about it, like my the wind in my hair, like barreling down the road, and my awesome leather jackets, and on this red bike, and I think about it so much, and I'm in, you know. In LA, it's kind of a death sentence. Like, yeah. It's, it's well, just, it was so funny. One of the people, so bad. One but... of the people who were for it was like, "Look, man, I'm a, I'm gonna keep it funky." with you send me a paragraph? He's like, "It's the one of the best." He's like, "It's the best experience I have. I love driving to work. Wind going through my hair. I have been in three accidents." Uh, yep. Yeah, that's the thing. <laughs> yep. That's the thing. Is everybody I know with a bike? It's like it's the best thing in the world, but you gotta know that yeah. there's a very good chance you will die. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah. And, well, it's it's so uh, funny because it's like it, it's 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 it it really is the specific LA driving style, which is the style that people are driving like they're the only car on the road. Oh, there's yeah, yeah. no self awareness. Like even yeah. in a car, there's like you have to think about it. You really have to think about the fact that in normal days in LA, there is an accident every day. That's not normal. There's many, it's not normal many, that many, every many, day many. there. Like yeah yeah that's true it's not just one there are at there are over a dozen accidents every day on the every same stretch day. of road yeah we have I mean it's it's yeah I was gonna say the other place though iffy that a lot of people have motorcycles that I lived in it's Texas and the oh, same yeah. thing they everybody in everybody in Texas drives the the same way like you're the only one on the road um and yeah it's just it's you do you though you yeah. know <laughs> we'll see I, I don't know i might end up getting a whole bunch of tweets after this episode people begging me not uh yeah i wanted yeah let's let's uh you know geek out about also the animation i didn't mean to stop that convo but one thing i noticed that was really cool and something that i've that you see a lot that has to be influenced by this is the light trails uh you know like the way the taillight trails and yeah, that and yeah. throughout this movie during the motorcycle scenes i i wish there was a serialized anime to just have just the biker portions of this and i think that's the only remake that i'm interested in is like a remake that is a an anime redone yeah, ser and serialized yeah serialized like that's, the manga. That's, there's a lot I, to add to it i think yeah that, that could be beneficial normally i am i i feel like if you have something to say and to add to it that is when you're allowed to do mm -hmm. a remake or uh reboot uh but you know that being said for a while uh live action was very much you know underway uh supposedly in you know pre-production was starting to kick off 
And Taika Waititi, one of my favorite director in the world, was helming it. And, you know, that got shelved um, when he started work on Thor. So I do know that they were into it, but now uh, postponed they, indefinitely. Because it was of- postponed indefinitely. Well, because Thor and because he has other projects. And also they were saying they really do want to have Asian and Japanese actors in it, which I really respect. But... Hollywood has not done a good job of cultivating a honestly, pool of though, those that are well known yeah, enough. Yeah, honestly, though, I I, I feel like that's uh, de- just such a cop out because there's so many movies that are released. You know, luckily I do Who Shot You, and there are so many major movies that are released with unknowns. Avatar, you know, in that thread of like, you know, every, I'm sure we've all seen it. The thread of people who passed on stuff, and I think Avatar they wanted Ben Affleck. They were going to give him 10 percent of the movie. He said no, and they gave it to an unknown. You went from Affleck to unknown. And I feel like that doesn't happen for people of color. It has to be a named people of color. But if you, uh, and I'm going to just flat out say it because I know I have the facts behind me that you can go and look up movies that in major films, I'm talking about multi-million dollar films, they feel so comfortable letting white unknown actors get roles. But if you're a person of color, you have to have a name. But there's no, it's, 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 it's a trap because if you create no opportunities for people of color, but then set this rule that if you you want a people a person of color to lead they have to be a known you set a trap it, it's it's that's that's a play that you would do in magic to screw over someone to be like <laughs> ah yes you have to you have to uh the, we'll only accept people of color if they have roles ah but but i feel like you know we've talked about so many of the movies that did like slumdog millionaire like oh, yeah. you know nobody oh, yeah. knew anybody there and now and now we have our king we have yeah. our brown king that we get to you know and he's, uh, you know i love that he's doing all the historical british roles like oh yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> for that. he's on the green but, night he's david copperfield yeah oh, but but that's oh, also God, like so. uh to that's a slum slumdog millionaire story because you know like totally uh, yeah like yeah. because um with um oh gosh i used to know his name like this but from captain phillips you know after that he was still driving taxi cabs like you it, yeah. it's very hard for you to jump and then um uh our man's from aladdin who was complaining about oh not totally getting, advancing yeah. like you can have a banger uh film and it still is like you still have to convince you still have to convince i mean you know I, has I, anyone heard from jalitza aparicio from roma no like she was literally nominated for an academy award yeah. and where is she she was yeah. on the cover of every magazine and everyone has forgotten about her i think it, she might be in like a couple of things like one or two things but i don't see anyone talking about her anymore well, and, holy and so moly it's... i did not recognize that it was dev patel who did slumdog yeah dev patel oh my gosh <laughs> He's our oh handsome gosh. king. Yeah, but, he's so uh, great. If anybody, so so Erica, I, I completely agree. I think that it has to be, uh, I think it would be disrespectful yes. if it wasn't a Japanese or Asian American. I mean, specifically if it should be Japanese. Too. Yeah, that's how I and, feel too about DBZ. I'm like, yeah. I don't care if Goku's an alien. He means so much to these people that it's yeah. almost disrespectful to not have him be. And well, so kind of like what, what if, but these are huge iconic properties that I think you can put someone unknown. And I think at least someone like Taika Waititi oh, or yeah. another person of color, like Jordan Peele, who passed on it. However, yeah, who knows yeah. what's going forward. They would not F it up. I don't yeah, think they would F it up. I, I think it's, you have, if you can, why wouldn't you, you know? Yeah. It's, it's, these are these, there are these opportunities and I'm seeing it a lot in anime and in, you know, sort of cyberpunk stuff 
where it is a lot of stories from Asian countries, from Japan, and there they don't cast many. They have like, you know, Lana Condor is like the token Asian that ends up in all of these things. And then that's it. Um, and so yeah. I really just would love to see these stories, uh, you know, incorporate people of color. Yeah. I, and, and I think you're I think you're right. And I think here here's the thing. We, we have to come to terms with the fact that. Hollywood will always try and Americanize it, and it's not always 100% their fault. There's just some people who are like, like the same reason people were like are waiting for a Parasite uh, remake. But here's the right. thing. Yeah. Put more thought into it than doing a, 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 a New York. New York is not like Tokyo. Like I have, I, I was supposed to go this year, but no, unfortunately not. I won't be going. But Aww. I can tell you just off of just looking at it alone, and also if you're trying to target the themes, then you're going to have to make this a hyper futurized version of I'd say like a San Francisco a tech hub because you want somewhere where people are experimenting but that's only if you know that's that's only if you for some reason why not Tokyo Tokyo is such a fun place I mean I someone in this episode actually had the fun of shooting in Tokyo so they could tell you how uh how how beautiful and how fun and how many great shots you can get from Tokyo alone it's incredible. I, yeah, it's it's so incredible. I loved Tokyo. I have to. We have to hamp this down. We've yeah. we've got the the. They said five minutes left. Yep. We've been talking. Yep. I can talk about Akita forever. Uh, I can. I can just. And I like doing movies. Uh, because it there's just it's kind of concise. So I'm probably that's probably going to be all my picks is going to be anime movies. Uh, and we're going to keep the high throttle going because the next one I'm probably going to want to do is Redline. Which uh, has our friend Ooh. Liam O'Brien. Uh, oh no way! Yeah, God, Redline is so beautiful. Oh my god! And again, yeah. definitely influenced. Again, huge, yeah. hugely influenced by Akira. Oh yeah. yeah. If you haven't seen the Akira movie, it, it is kind of like when you see it, it's it's like Ghost in the Shell. When you see it, you're like, oh well, that's where that came yeah. from. Mm -hmm. uh, so highly recommend. Super love it. Uh, I'm excited to see what happens in the future with it, with either with live action or. You know, there were there was talk of of more sort of media coming out surrounding it. And thanks for letting me talk with you guys about Yay! it. I just of love talking with you all. It's just always such a treat. All right. Well, uh, where can people find you, Erica? Thanks for coming on. Where, where um, you got anything to plug? Tell us. Give um, it. Us, give yes, it all. I am at Erica Ishii on Twitter and at the Erica Ishii on uh, Instagram. There, there's something that might be coming out uh, soon that I'm in. Uh, but, you know, I can never you can't really say just in case it gets pushed these days. But, yeah, uh, thank you. Just keep up with me. I'm I'm on social media a lot. All right. And, you know, me, if you want way on Twitter and Instagram, if D's on Twitch, uh, Super Punch is going to be back. If you're listening to this now, that means Super Punch is officially back. It also was Naomi's birthday. Uh, so oh, you happy birthday. Say, yeah, yeah. Uh, May 3rd. But we are back. Tune in. It's going down live and direct. I am at Ms. Danny Fernandez and all the things. I wanted to give a huge shout out to our friends at the Perky Nerd. We had Tiffany, if you remember, on. She was the shop owner uh, on for a Captain Marvel episode. They are still taking orders and desperately need them. Their site is up. Remember to, uh, to support your local comic book shops. She, again, is one of the few female-owned comic book shops in the state. 
actually. Um, so want to want to keep up with our lady business owners. Uh, they're also doing uh, I'm going to be doing a live makeup tutorial with them. They oh, like have slots fun. where they're teaching you superhero makeup. Uh, so I think they're doing like a Black Widow and a couple of other inspired looks. Um, so you can buy a slot for that. Just want to keep their lights on. Want to make sure that Tiffany stays in business. So hit up the Perky Nerd. You can follow them on all their socials. And uh, like we always say, stay, stay nerdy. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cash back on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.